Today on FranX, we are going through the Why You, Why Now with Houndstown USA. Uh, 24 open, 40 in the pipeline, 100 territories uh, sold. Uh, lots to unpack here coming up next. Jackie, so thankful. Let me clear that so that at least we can see each other's faces. Uh, so grateful for you joining us today. Um, what I would love for you to do is, because you need to frame it to the audience, who you are, what's your story, how do you even get into franchising, and then we'll go, we'll go into uh, all the great momentum that you currently have. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. This is exciting. Um, so my name is Jackie Bondanza. I'm the CEO of Houndstown USA, which is home to the happiest dogs on earth. We are a doggy daycare, boarding, grooming, pet care facility. Um, and as you mentioned, we've got 24 stores open and gosh, a million more on the way. So we're very busy over here. Um, so a little bit about how Houndstown was founded and how I came into the brand. Um, Houndstown was founded over 20 years ago now. So we've been around for a really long time. Uh, it was founded by Mike Gould, who was one of the founding members of the New York City Police Department, actually, way back in the day. And he had a very long career in professional canine management. So when he was approaching retirement in the police department, you can retire after 20 years. And he was really young still and needed a second career. And so this was just kind of a natural extension of his really long you know, career in 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 having dogs as part as a partner really um in a law enforcement capacity so he opened a small little 1200 square foot store and he started offering not only boarding overnight boarding but also interactive daycare and people actually thought he was crazy they said there's no way that idea is going to work no one's going to ever pay you money to watch their dog during the day um but uh he just kind of plowed through that and he knew that eventually the the value for the dog would be recognized by the owner. And, and that's obviously exactly what's happened over the two decades we've been doing this. So um, we've been around for a really long time. We really just started franchising about seven years ago. Um, and because Mike started this as a retirement business, he really never intended on franchising it, which explains why we're much newer to the franchising space, but we've, we've been around um, probably the longest out of all the other, all the pet care um, facilities out there. So we really consider ourselves the pioneer of this concept of interactive pet care. So I came into the brand almost 10 years ago now. I actually walked into the doors as a customer um, with my own two dogs and just recognized the need uh, for this to be all over the country. I thought it had a real potential in the pet care space. And uh, to condense a couple years into five seconds, I ended up leaving my career I used to be a, a book editor and a publisher with Abrams Books, and um, it turns out you can make more money picking up dog poop than you can writing books. So <laughs> sad but true. And so I started just working in the store and helping Mike build out a franchise plan. And ten years later, here we are. Jackie, the when someone looks at your brand, there's an energy there, right? We know you're in a great industry; it's a growing industry. How do you put it together for franchisees out there, even other franchisors looking at your success? Outside looking in, there's an energy, there's life, there's passion there. How do you put that all together as a CEO? 
You know, it's a great question. And, you know, during the time where we were building up, just getting to 20 units, which is a huge, you know, it was a, a huge feat for us and a huge accomplishment when we hit that. It's really about building relationships, one-to-one -one relationships and transferring that culture to every single person in your system and never losing sight of that. So even as we now have a 15 person team on what we call Townie HQ, Townie headquarters, we have a meeting every week just about culture. And we're very, very big on our values. And one of them is we don't take ourselves too seriously and we like to have fun. And that has to be, that feeling has to be transferred to every single franchisee, all of their employees and anybody that touches Houndstown. And it's, we've spent a lot of time making sure that happens. Well, I imagine the, the culture ends up being part of the reason why franchise buyers buy in. They're able to see what you're building and the sustainability and the stickiness factor as it continues to uh, spread throughout the system. And that's, frankly, that's that's why franchisees buy. They, they need to see the business model. They need to understand the culture. For you, like if you think back on your, your time in the business, what I would be curious about is what was that point where you, you felt like franchising was finally going the way that you wanted it to? Because there's a, there's a lot of brands out there that you know come out of the gates and say, I'm going to have 100 units in the next two years. And your, your story, like there, there's a seven-year run on franchising to, to figure this out, to get it there. But what was that? Mo what was the moment where you're like, "All right, we we got the momentum. We've we've nailed the culture. The business model is sound, and now now we can really take off." Because at a hundred a hundred territories sold, like that that's a huge milestone that only a small percentage, maybe even less than a one percent of franchisors get to. Yeah, I would say it's been a culmination of a lot of different things. Um, this has been a marathon of a journey. I think it's not a sprint to, to franchise. Um, we started out over 20 years ago with two small corporate stores. And I think that's an absolutely a key element is having a couple stores that, that the franchisor runs so you can understand your systems really well, understand your processes, get the business model down first in ideally a couple different markets and then start franchising. Um, I, I, if we didn't do that, we would be testing our business model as we were opening stores and that's not fair to franchisees. Um, so this has been a slow and steady race for us. And um, we've always been very purposeful in our slower growth trajectory so that we could make sure we're getting this right. And I, I think it's, instinctive, right? To just be impulsive and want to run, a, rush ahead and capture all the raindrops. Um, but, but for us, we just, we really pulled back the reins so we could make sure we were doing this right. So yeah, it took, you know, Mike, Mike uh, did get an FDD done in ops manual back in 2006 with the idea of franchising and then the market crash. So it wasn't a great time. And then he, he just didn't really have anybody to help him do any of it until I came along. So, you know, this has been a 15 year journey for us franchising with lots of hits, lots of misses. And I think just constantly getting back up and re-strategizing. Um, I think the turning point for us was partnering with Raintree. Um, they understand emerging brands extremely well. And, uh, you know, we invested a lot of money with another company before them. And so the turning point for us was when we got a franchisee who had never heard of Houndstown before, a totally different market that came through Raintree and they opened 
and they did really well. So that then started the, the cycle. It's just a snowball effect after that happened, just getting out into that new market with that new person. So many things going on, right? So if we have franchisors out there listening to your advice, I mean, the branding is key and the culture is key, but you've also given great insights, Jackie, into, hey, you could grade in the franchise space, but if you don't have a good partner like Braintree, you may not get that traction. And then on the culture end, I, there's so many franchisors out there and maybe even your competitors that they're sort of checking the box, but they're not living that culture element. And from, from that perspective, Jackie, what when you onboard a franchisee, when you guys are focused on culture, what, what are the KPIs or what are you looking for to see that it takes root in the franchise system? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, it's hard, it's hard to measure. I I I what our team tries to do is build personal relationships, personal professional relationships with all of our franchisees and even our customers here at the corporate store. Um, we create uh, profiles on Facebook that are, are professional profiles, but they allow our customers to be connected to us and to be friends with us and to have this more personal relationship. So many of our franchisees come into our system because they're looking to do something different, but they also want to have more fun in their daily lives. So in our conversations, we, we keep it we keep it a little more casual and we're and so our atmosphere, the tone of our conversations is very approachable, accessible. Um, we also use a ton of video content. So everything we're having the franchisees watch, even if it's on the learning management system, it's branded in some way. And we'll open it up with like a funny joke or Mike, the founder doing what we call the Houndstown hustle, which is this funny dance that he came up with. And it just helps like lighten the mood and remind people every time they see a piece of our content that this is the feeling we want them to get when they interact with us. So it takes a lot to think about, but I think if, if, if we don't, if we don't do that, we lose the heart of why people are attracted to Houndstown. What keeps you up at night with, with franchisees currently? Is it that, you know, there's, there's only so much of you to give to them or what, what is it now? How, how, and, and how do you get over it? I think, you know, what keeps me up at night has changed over the last 10 years. Um, what used to keep me up at night was how are we going to open 55 stores and I have four people on my team. And that's when I knew it was time to get my team together. Um, so that was hard to do during COVID because, you know, fiscally, I wanted to make sure we were strong enough to hire a team, but we were still moving so quickly. So um, it solved that. And then now it's more, you know, how do we, how do we anticipate the future? How are people going to treat their pets? Um, are they, are they still going to spend this money on their much money on their pets five years from now? Uh, can a robot take over uh, any part of what we're doing? You know, <laughs> How do we anticipate the future? Um, I think that's the role of a CEO to constantly be thinking ahead. Um, luckily for us, we've worked really hard on making the margins in our business model phenomenal. So I don't worry about our franchisees making money, actually. Um, it's, it's more, how can we get out there in the market faster? And what potential threats are coming down the pike five, 10 years from now? I mean, I think it's good, right? Your franchisees, 
No, you're looking out for them about a robot apocalypse, Jackie? <laughs> That's I, a good I mean, <laughs> no, but I mean, look, there's a big advantage there, right? Like, I, I think you hit the key. You have a fun brand, but you also know that you're in an industry where you're focused on franchising margins, right? And so that, that you know, if you give your franchisees the right margins, the right operating systems, that gives you so much more flexibility. Mm-hmm. It really does, because we're starting from a higher level, right? We're not starting from the ground up. So our team can focus on our margins are already great. How can we make them even better? Um, but I, I don't think it's anything that's keeping people up at night because we're already starting out of the gate really hot. And, um, you know, in, in our industry, we're, it's pet care is actually a really young industry. So it's really exciting because there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, unlike, you know, retail restaurants, there, there, there's just so much competition and there's so much out there already determined by the industry. By the industry, we have the opportunity to be the trendsetters. And that's a really exciting place to be. I think you you saying that the future, thinking about the future keeps you up at night is a question that prospective franchise buyers should be asking of franchisors. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, like, and, and this is going to be a, 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 a dumb example, but you take self-serve frozen yogurt. I don't think, I don't think people mm-hmm. who like yogurt ever changed it was that the businesses weren't thinking about point of differentiation and what happens when there's a hundred of these in the marketplace that, that now can service the customer based on proximity versus, you know, dri- driving for an indulgent experience. And, and I think if those questions were asked during that process of the brands that, you know, grew fast and then closed fast, um, then maybe, maybe that, that changes the, the approach to buying a yogurt brand. Yeah. Not not suggesting anybody would do this, but in, in your case, like that that should be a question. Franchise buyers should ask the CEO or the franchise development leadership team, what happens if this doesn't work in the future? Mm-hmm. And just just listening to what the response is could give you great insight into what what is the true culture behind me and who that's going to support me on my on my you know big risk of buying a business. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. And we try to be as transparent as possible with people through the vetting process. And I have spoken to so many people on a clearance call and they're like, wow, I I can't believe you're you're telling us about all the challenges of the business, too. And not you're not only trying to sell us on something. And I think that's incredibly important. And that's really where you start to build trust with the franchisees. And it can't be fake. You, you have to be, I think, as a franchisor, genuine. You have to genuinely want the best for the people on your team and the people in your system. And if I lose a couple of sleepless nights over wondering how to do that, like that's my job. Um, and I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I always want franchisees prospects to ask us, what are we doing to make sure that this is going to stick for a long time? So, yep. Me, Jackie, and it may be difficult to describe, but like when you think about the wins with your franchisees, you know, the day you first met them to the day they open up their doors to seeing them succeed internally, what's the transformation? What does it look like when franchisee goes from signing that contract to, wow, they're winning? How does that, I don't know if you could describe it or how it feels, but what sticks in your head when, when you think about that? It, it's it's an incredible feeling. It makes all of the hard work and the challenges and the bumps in the road 
worth every second of it. And it's funny you mentioned this because I we're just collecting our P&Ls now from our franchisees to get our item 19s ready. And one of our franchisees that opened about a year and a half ago, I was looking at his P&L and I just, I wrote him back and I said, I, I can't believe how, how successful you are or not that I can't believe it. I'm so happy how, seeing how successful you are because I remember the day when he came to discovery day and he was miserable and just saw this as his way out and he wanted something different for himself and his family and his wife since has been able to leave her job and uh, work at the store and have more time to take care of their young child and then just a short time later to be able to see that he's actually making a lot more money than he was working for the man as we say uh it just brings it all home and makes it all worth it you know it, it's really an incredible feeling it, it it brings it full circle all right let's let's take it home with this final question and it's a very simplistic one and complex at the same time because most franchisors can't can't answer it but why you why now <sighs> why why me meaning why houndstown um, you know, we've been doing this for a really long time. We've been at this for 22 years. It's our time. Uh, we put in the hard work. We've learned that we've made a ton of mistakes. We've, we've done it all. We've been around the block. It's our time to have that success and recognize that success because we've worked incredibly hard for it and we never expected it to come overnight. So it's really nice to see um, all of these things happening and all of these opportunities becoming available to other people who might not have them if we hadn't just kept, you know, kept at it challenge after challenge. So I think, you know, to quote the Goonies, this is our time. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, just the Goonie quote alone makes this worthwhile. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Jackie, I got the quote right, but <laughs> some it's, it's close enough. Uh, Jackie, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate you sharing a little bit of your story uh, and we look forward to seeing how this changes, which means the next time we do this, that opening statement is going to be uh, much, much greater because you got you got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do, but yeah, I appreciate the time. It was great. Thank you. Have thank a good one. You. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.